This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grawl, New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and close to us, sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore, mythology, retell it, have it about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 182 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have another tale of the Fianna of Era, specifically this time focusing on the quarrelsome frenemy of Fionn McCool. This is Conan Wales' Wedding Crash. But first, a very big welcome to any new and indeed returning listeners. If you're a brand new listener, this is an absolutely acceptable episode to listen to straight out the gate. And if you enjoy it, why don't you head back as far as you want, way back as far as episode one, if you so choose, to see what we've been building up to on the journey of Fireside over the last nearly four years. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so much for your continued support. All the usual ways you can support the podcast, you can spread the word, tell a friend about the podcast. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at FiresideBard or email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Those are the best places to reach out for any business or personal inquiries or even just to say hello. Love hearing from each and every one of you about your thoughts, critiques or anything. Anything is always positive about any of the episodes or stories. My personal favourite way you can support is, of course, you can buy my poetry book, Garden Sea, a neo-myth of home, available in paperback from headstuff.org or from on Kindle version at Amazon. Um, all the links are in the description below, as well as the link to the description for the link to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com, where for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can support the podcast directly. No hard sell on any of those, but those are out of the way. The story for this week, we have um, another tale from this book on by John Hawkins Simpson of Tales of Oshin the Bard of Erin, where I got my uh, adaptation of the great epic saga of the Battle of Ventry from. Um, I've spoken about how I love how these last few giant tales, as I've been calling them, the Mayo tales, as they're called in this section of John Hawkins Simpson's book, um, which I put, as always, the link in description below as well of as well, uh, as well of as well. Um, I've loved how streamlined and almost like fairy tales they're written. They're very, very simple. The characters are very... um, there's not a lot of characters that like come and are mentioned once and then never prove to be of consequence at all. They're very streamlined, which makes my job of trying to streamline them and tell the story as clear as water 
all the easier. And it's really nice to have an episode focusing specifically on Conan Whale, because another wonderful thing about these episodes is that they've featured Conan Whale and Gull McMorna um, in a more in a fl- more flattering light for sure but just in a in a bigger light anyway and to show more of their personalities because clan morna were meant to be from the west of ireland hence these being known as the mayo tales from out west um but this is a fun one we'll talk more afterwards this is conan wales wedding crash on fireside <laughs> Conan Wales Wedding Crash For a long time, the giants of the Fianna of Era had quarrelled with the mighty warriors of the foreign land of Lachlan. Lachlan had been used to mean both Scotland and the Norse lands of Scandinavia. In this case, Lachlan refers to the bearded berserkers of Denmark. But after so much raiding and fighting and bloodshed, the people of Lachlan and the people of Era decided on a truce. The way to secure this would be to marry the Princess of Lachlan to Fionn McCool. Since the disappearance of his beloved Sive and his failed marriage to Gráinne, the ageing Fionn McCool was still an eligible and powerful bachelor. This was of course a time where a wedding was one of the most powerful strategies in warfare. As the Fianna prepared their curras to sail north, Conan Whale McMorna could hardly contain his excitement. The only thing the bald brute of the Fianna loved more than fighting was feasting. And this wedding promised to be full of the finest foods and wines, and fingers crossed, thought Conan. One of the drunks of Lachlan would step out of line, and Conan would get to fight as well. What a day that would be. But as Conan arrived on the shore, giddy as a little maid, Fionn McCool turned to Conan Whale and said, Do you know what? No, you can't come. What? said Conan, not at all capable of hearing what was being said. It is extremely important that this wedding goes off without a hitch, said Fionn. We can't risk any fights, offences, insults or disasters, and that means keeping you well away from it. You have time and time again proved yourself only capable of thinking of yourself, your stomach and your lust. While I appreciate this immensely in battle, as it makes you a fierce and brave warrior, it would be detrimental in Lachlan. I do not doubt your loyalties to the Fina, Conan, but my word is final. You're not invited to my wedding. Conan Whale had never cried in his life, but this shock at being told he could not come to a feast transcended rage into an emotion he had not felt since earliest childhood. Absolute and utter devastation. The original fear of missing out. He blabbered and cursed and protested, but Fionn McCool would not hear him out. But as Conan Whale watched the party of the Fianna sail away without him, he decided he was not going to give up on the wedding that easily. And lucky for him, someone else agreed. An enchantress appeared to Conan Whale and sympathised. I just think it's terrible, she said. After all that you have done for the Fianna, that they just leave you behind like this. I know, right? agreed Conan. The Enchantress gave Conan Whale her own personal curra, which would sail invisibly across the sea to Lachlan. Not only that, she cast a spell over Conan that transformed him so that even his own brother Gaul would not recognise him. 
The Enchantress then sent this big, bald Cinderella off to the ball. On his invisible cura, Conan Whale rode hard and caught the wind, which nimbly caught up to his Fenian brothers. Conan then whispered on the wind, All of you should be ashamed, sailing off for a wedding and leaving Conan Whale behind. Your Fenian brother has drowned himself in anguish. The Fianna were sceptical of this mysterious voice. They all knew that Conan liked a party, but he didn't seem the type to kill himself over it. Then again, thought Fionn, I've never actually had the courage to not invite him out. But one who was convinced that Conan was dead was his actual brother, Gaul, the mighty chief of Clan Morna. This is dreadful. We all talk of a wedding when our own poor brother lies beneath the waves. Oscar was not having any of this. And so what if he has, said Fionn's grandson. If both you and Conan Whale were drowned, we would be better off. It had never sat well with Oscar that Fionn could possibly forgive Gull for murdering his father, Cool. But Oscar was more hot-headed and couldn't see the big picture as well as his grandfather. Gull swung for Oscar, but he of the dreadful deeds was too quick and Gull ended up punching the mast of the ship. Gull let out an agonised cry while the rest of the Fian attended to Gull's hand the invisible Conan Whale thought to himself, Now there is a brother. Conan sailed past the Fianna and soon arrived at Lachlan. In his disguise, he roamed around, listening to the gossip of the locals relating to Fionn's marriage to the princess. But Conan very quickly realised that the whole thing was a trap. The king of Lachlan had no intention whatsoever of letting his daughter marry Fionn Macool. The plan was to lure them all to Lachlan and kill them. So Conan Whale went before the king and said, I am a sorcerer with no love for the Fianna. I have heard of your plot to kill them. I want in. The king of Lachlan was only too happy to accept the help of such a strong and powerful-looking wizard. We appreciate you travelling all this way. My daughter will show you the utmost hospitality. Conan then met with the woman who Fionn McCool was meant to marry, and before long they had slept together. Conan could not help but smugly laugh to himself. Ha <laughs> ha, that's what you get, Fionn. Don't invite me to your wedding, and I'll sleep with your wife. During the pillow talk, Conan Whale asked the princess, So, what's the plan for killing the Fianna? My brother, she said. My brother has been kept in all the catacombs of this castle all his life and trained with the exact purpose of killing Gull MacMorna of the Fianna. It is the only way he can win his freedom and he will die for the honour. After the princess fell asleep, Conan Whale snuck down to the catacombs and met the surprisingly civilised berserker chained up down there. Hello, would you like to play cards? The prince asked him. Conan did not know the game, so the prince taught him. Naturally, the first three games were all won by the prince. Let's play one more time, said Conan, this time for high stakes. But the fourth game, Conan Whale got the hang of, and he won. What do you want from me? asked the prince. Having been chained up down here all my life, I don't have any money. I don't want money, said Conan Whale. What I want is for you to lie down and let me draw my blade over your throat. I want to know the feeling of holding a prince at knife point. 
The prince obeyed, and Conan drew his knife and slit the prince's throat. And the great hope for Lachlan's defeat of the Fianna bled out while his country slept above. The next morning the rest of the Fianna finally arrived. Conan rushed to meet them, and the Enchantress once again appeared to him. And like King Sweeney, Conan was transformed into a half-man, half-bird creature so that he could fly over Lachlan to the harbour. He met his Fenian brethren and said, You are walking into a trap. Go away, Lachlaner, said Oscar. We're on urgent business here. I am no Lachlaner. I am Conan Whale MacMorna. No, you are not, said Gull. My poor brother is dead beneath the waves. He lives, said Conan. Look at my head. I am still as bald as when I left the hostel of the Quicken Trees. The Fianna began to look closer and realised it was indeed their party-going countrymen. Conan Whale told Fionn of the plan, and then the Fianna made their own. When arriving at the castle, the King of Lachlan, under the guise of diplomacy, asked the Fianna to all surrender their weapons. They all appeared to do so. Gull MacMorna handed over the handle of his sharpest knife. But Conan Whale, in his monstrous bird form, began to fly through the castle, clawing the eyes out of all Lachlaners he passed, until arriving in the main chamber and with a grasp of his talons, cutting the head off the king. Gull MacMorna then followed his brother's lead and revealed the sharpened blade, free of its handle, he had concealed under his armpit. Gull sliced through all remaining assembled Lachlaners, and the Fianna put an end to the Lachlan threat, without even having to get married. To send a message to all other nations, the Fianna brought the Princess of Lachlan back as a captive, and ground her up into minced meat. She was prepared as pies that were sent around to all other hostile nations. And Conan Whale McMorna was never not invited to a party ever again. The End This is how it's always been. Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join me, Anna Carey. And me, Karen Moynihan. As we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten. If you ever read about Elizabeth and Jessica, the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. Of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnapping, stolen boyfriends and school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. And there we have the tale of Conan Wales' wedding crash on Fireside, the bloody, uh, bloody and quite amusing tale of Conan Wales' wedding crash. Um, what I like about this tale, I spoke about how it's nice to get uh, more of a flavour of Conan Whale and of Gull and have other Fenian tales that focus on other characters other than Fionn or his immediate family. Um, especially the quite interesting case of Gull and Conan, because they are these two figures who betrayed Fionn's father and 
killed the him in battle, took control of the Fianna, but then also stepped aside when Fionn himself rose up and defeated Alain, Alain the Burner, and who later on will go on to betray Fionn ultimately again. But nevertheless, it just it makes them very interesting figures that there is always this uneasy alliance for the sake of the greater good of the Fianna and the greater good of Era. But in this episode <clears throat> and this focus on Conan Whale, we get more of a sense of something that I guess was clear already and I had alluded to in episode 180 with the story of the Grecian princess, is that Conan Whale adopts very much a role of like Heracles in Greek mythology or of Thor in, uh, in Norse mythology, appropriately so with this episode being set in Denmark, where he is a figure of immense strength and bungles and bundles his way to victory through brute force and a love of the pleasurable things in life um, like partying and drinking and feasting but ultimately is lacking in the brain department the only difference of course with uh, with conan whereas heracles and thor are are capable of immense cruelties, don't get me wrong, um, Conan Whale is ultimately quite an anti-heroic and ultimately villainous figure, uh, being the the crucial difference there, whereas Fionn is considered to be more this status of morality, which usually isn't as interesting, so that's why it's uh, interesting to have a tale of this bawdy and lustful figure of Conan. But we also get nice moments from a couple of other characters. We get Gull McMorna mourning the perceived loss of, of Conan when he believes him drowned, which is nice because it's a moment of actual affection and love we see between these two quite uh, closed off and emotionally mutilated characters. And we then get this um, this retort from Oscar, which I've almost done verbatim, uh, from the Hawkins Simpsons version, um, which is that uh, that Cole himself should just drown. See, Oscar, as my favourite of the Fianna, is hot-headed, but he has an immense intelligence about him as well. Oscar knows the score. Oscar knows that it, it doesn't sit well with him because he wasn't alive in the days before Fionn was Lord of the Fianna. So he wasn't there to see Gull and Conan Whale step aside and uh, swear their loyalty to Fionn. He just knows, he just knows Conan and Gull particularly as the men who murdered his great grandfather, and so it makes sense that it would never sit right with him, and that Oscar would be go on, go on to be proven right. Oscar, who would of course die in that final fight, um, when when the clan Morna finally turned against. Clan Boskna of the Fianna. Um, and I love that little detail because it really shows a consistency in the characters between these stories when sometimes these tales could be from hundreds of years apart from different clans and different cultures around the island, even sometimes from different countries. Could be like stories of the Fenian from Scotland and all, and uh, some of them might actually have never intended to be together. So it's really, really nice when there seems to be this kind of consistency of character. That's what really makes it feel like it continues to fill in the patchwork quilt, as I keep calling it, um, of Irish mythology. And it could be with just something so simple as a moment like that of uh, of Oscar wishing gold to his death like his brother. 
But it is this almost Bill and Ted's epic quest, uh, this almost uh, Lion King 1.5 uh, of what what Timon and Pumbaa were doing during the events of the first two Lion Kings. We have Conan Well going on this epic quest where it is like he is a princess figure or, you know, the young sprightly tailor or any just like usually more noble figure sent on his own a ridiculous quest starting out with the enchantress the enchantress giving him a boat to literally go to the ball he gets there wishes the fina well on the way by telling him that he is drowned and they should all feel terrible about it goes to the king of Lachlan finds out the plan to kill the fina and um, seduces the princess of Lachlan kills the prince of Lachlan and then the enchantress appearing again in bird form claws out the eyes of all the Lachlaners uh, before decapitating the prince himself um, and ultimately saving the day <laughs> Despite all of these incredibly um, bloody and um, not nobly gotten deeds, um, Conan Well ultimately is the hero of this story. And in a similar way to the end of when Fionn McCool went to marry, uh, was taken to the land of the giants, and in the end, the princess of the giants is tied to two horses and she is ripped apart by these two horses this story also ends in a particularly brutal fashion for the princess of Lachlan who was ground up into meat pies a la Sweeney Todd a la Titus Andronicus and sent as a warning message to all other hostile nations of what happens when you try to defy and most of all when you try to trick and betray the Fianna of Era um, and it turns what is overall a very humorous and light-hearted tale despite its bloody aspects throughout it gives a very sobering note at the end that these are still a warrior branch of mercenaries who are tasked with one thing and one thing only which is to defend the honor of Era. And it is this legend that spread around the world that would lead to the Battle of Ventry, that would lead to the king of the world believing that Ireland was this great place that had to be conquered because of this immense defence of Fionn McCool and the Fianna. So things like grounding up the daughters of your enemy and serve to pies, this is something that would spread that legend, not just the tales of the Fianna within Ireland itself. So it's another detail that just seems to like fill in the world and uh, cement the legend of Fionn and Oscar and Oisín and Gull and Diarmuid and Conan Whale and all of the lads of the Fianna. On a personal level, uh, there was something just immensely fun to channel FOMO into this because it is just a story of FOMO, um, of not be invited. I think we've all we've all not been invited to a wedding. We've all not been invited to a party that we thought we should have been or thought we might have been. And it's a it's a weird emotion. And we've all stayed in and wondered if we should go out. And it's it's one of my greater weaknesses. Certainly, is uh, the fear of missing out. It's something that has been with me uh, most of my adult life. And it's something you always hope you'll grow out of. But sometimes that's easier said than done. So it was very interesting to channel that aspect um, and that feeling of FOMO into this tale um, of Conan Whale. That's why I'd like a la, a la the old Grim Tales or the Aesop's Fables or anything. I always like it when, if possible, I can have a real like nice um, coda or uh, 
cadence, perfect cadence at the end of these stories um, in terms of, you know, essentially like an, and they lived happily ever after. Um, but I was very happy with the one I got with this to tie it back around to, and Conan Whale was never invited, never not invited to a party ever again, as if that was this weird, bizarre moral of the story all along, that that's what happens when you don't invite him to a party, even though if he had been invited and gone willingly, they may very well have all died. So Fiona's always must have chewed on, on the thumb and saw that that was exactly how things should all shake out. Um, but I think that's it. So I'll wrap things up for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed this tale of Conan Whale. Very nice to do. Again, a simple, very streamlined story. It was easy to adapt, very fun to record. Um, and I hope you all thought so too, especially with the entertaining but relatively more dense to certainly to adapt and write as stories in Ed Kelly. Um, but I'm enjoying both of them immensely and hope you are as well. Um, next week we have, speaking of Ned, we have the final tale of Ned Kelly. We have Ned Kelly's last stand with the siege of Glen Rowan. Um, we're very, very excited to share that with you all um, before I leave Australia um, next week. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that one. Um, please do follow me on Instagram at Fireside bard email me at the firesidebard at gmail.com let me know your thoughts on any of the episodes if you have any thoughts queries critiques or if you just want to say hello buy my poetry book garden sea at headstuff.org in paperback or from amazon and kindle version support the podcast at headstuffpodcast.com all links are in the description below as well as the links to the john hawkins simpsons version of these tales i'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.